Well, welcome to episode number two of our podcast. It's great to have you here, and uh, we are just talking everything Jesus. My name's Matt Garner, and uh, I'm your host. We're just we're talking. We're talking Jesus. We're talking church. We're talking leadership. We're talking life, and we're talking about how it needs to orientate around Him and who He is. I believe so so strongly that God is doing something something powerful in the earth at, at this point in time. I really believe you just look around. You don't need to look too far. You don't need to look too far into society, into government, into uh, the astronomical needs that are present in our world to see that now is the time for the church, Big C, to be his kingdom, his body in the earth right now. And I believe, and and really, what my heart is is in in releasing this content, is to help empower you to be the kingdom person that he wants you to be in this world. You know, just recently, before we get into our content, but just recently, um, we've been having a few different bills and different things change. Uh, I suppose brought in by our government here. Uh, that are challenging to church life because they fly in the face somewhat of what we believe. And uh, uh, as as you know, just last week something got passed and um, in our in our senate senate with our government, and uh, it's a challenge to the church. It, it really is a challenge to, the, to to how the church does things. And one of the things that was going through my head as I was having this conversation with Jesus around how much this sucks, basically, I, um, I began to realize that it's, it's not Jesus' fault. But uh, I began to have this dialogue and this, just this time of prayer, and the Lord began to show me that we've been so focused on trying to get the, the gift and get uh, the, the talent and get people into our Sunday services that we've really stopped empowering them. We really stopped equipping them to be the kingdom of God in the world. And I felt strongly in my heart this profound sense of calling and this profound sense of obligation and commitment to my children and to their children that if we're going to want to have people in parliament, if we're going to want people in government, in in, in uh, high up in business, in education. You know, we got to stop just hating on the fact that our universities have become secular places that started as Christian places, that our hospitals that were founded by Christian people are no longer. We as the church have got to take responsibility, set a new vision, set a new course to say, well, in the next 20 years, we are going to have an influence in those places, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it by empowering and valuing Christian people, people that are totally in love with Jesus and want to be the salt of the earth, want to be His kingdom in the world. And we've got to we've got to change our vision, friend. Revival is not the world coming to the church. Revival isn't the world coming to the church. Revival is the church going to the world. That's just biblical. That's just what Jesus said. And so uh, revival isn't the world coming to our Sunday services. That's a byproduct 
of the church going and being the hands and feet of Jesus to the world. And so as we come around this new kind of orientation of our faith around Jesus, I'm excited to continue to to challenge us to be the people that God's called us to be. I want to share some thoughts that I shared with our church community in Power Church. I want to share some of these thoughts that I shared with them uh, early, early in January this year. And um, I hope it's just going to help you, but I, 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 I'm trying to be intentional in these first few episodes to really come to this place where our lives are about Him, where our churches are about Him, pastor and leader, that we're not try- calling people to rally around a brand. We're not calling people to rally around uh, the next buzzword in Christianity, but we're calling people to rally around our banner, who is Jesus. We're calling people to rally around around the person of Jesus. We're not calling him to rally around a name. We're calling we're calling a a world. We're calling our the people that we're responsible to lead, whether it's our family, our church community, our businesses, our workplace, our schools, our universities, to rally around the person of Jesus. You know, it's this time of year that we look at who we are, and a lot of the times uh, we, we look at who we are and we decide that we need a change. We need a change. We call these New Year's, resolutions, don't we? We need to change. We need to grow. We need to learn something. We need to get in shape. We need to lose weight. We need to gain weight. For all of all of you that need to gain weight, we we love and are challenged by your presence in our world at the same time. I need a, I'm struggling to put on weight. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> we need to change. I need to make more money. I need to I need to stop spending money. I need to, you know, we, we, we're asking God to change. We've got addictions that we need to change. I'm not just talking about addictions of, of drug addictions or pornography, but let's talk. Let's get real. We've got addictions, secret sins that we can't break free of. And every year around this year, it's like a reset in a way. And we, we, we've got these things where we're saying, I need to change. We've got sins. We've got insecurities. I need to change. We've got struggles, struggles with our identity, struggles with our value, struggles with who we believe we are. We've got struggles. We, 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 maybe your thing this year is, is I, I want to step out of fear. I've been living in comfort for too long. I need to, I need to uh, take a step out of that hurt that I experienced through that relationship or through a divorce or through, uh, through that person betraying me. And so I haven't, I've got no friends because I've been fearful to step into relationship because I live in fear now that that's going to happen again. And then step out of fear and take a step of faith. But the thing is, is we all need to change in one way or another. We all need to change some way. We call this a New Year's resolution and we resolve in our hearts for a better future. For a resolution, the, the dictionary, dictionary.com says it like this, a resolution is a firm decision to do something or to not do something, a quality of being determined, a quality of being determined. And you and I at this time of our life, that's what we do. We say, we've got to change. We've got to change. 
And whilst resolutions are fine, goals are fine, these things are great to have. In fact, I strongly believe and advocate for the idea that you need to have a vision. You need a vision for your marriage. You need a vision for your career. You need a vision for your children. You need a vision just for your life. Vision is important. Vision is powerful. Vision is biblical. Friend, and we all need a change, absolutely. But I want to show you the God way that that change works. I want to show you the Bible way. So let's go right now to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read from verse number 2. And then I want to share some thoughts around what I, what I believe the Apostle Paul is trying to teach us through 2 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, as he speaks to the church at Corinth. It reads like this, verse number 2. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not steadily look at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, verse number 15, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want you to, I want to, I want you to underline that verse number 18. We're going, to, we're going to focus in on that today. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That word beholding as in, as in a mirror is actually a, um, it's, it's realistically one Greek word, beholding as in a mirror. And uh, I'm going to attempt to pronounce that Greek word. I'm not going to do it very well, I'm sure. But that, that Greek word is the katop, katoptrizomai, and it simply means to contemplate. It means to gaze. It means to stare into a mirror. It means to contemplate, to gaze, and to stare into a mirror. It means to look into the mirror. As I said before, like vision is important. The principle of vision is that it leads, is that vision leads you and shapes you. That's why vision is important. Vision is incredibly, incredibly important because vision Vision is the thing that leads you. It, 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 it shapes you. And let me tell it like a story for those of you that have kids, you know, between the ages of maybe uh, or from walking age up really, but uh, whether it's on a bike, whether it's on a scooter, whether it's just walking. Um, we've got four children, Ella, who's just about 13, Hallie, who's 10, MJ, who's seven, and little Maya, who is two years old. And as she's learning to walk and just get about in life, I've noticed something that 
um, and all parents would know what I mean when I'm talking about this, but often a kid will walk but they'll be looking behind them. They'll be looking to their parent. They'll be looking to something else and they'll just keep walking. And um, and good parents, better parents than I am, are the ones that shout out to their child to stop and to face the direction that they want to walk in because we know even though that they never intended to walk off and walk directly into a chair or a coffee table or a um, dining the corner of a dining table or a bench they do it because they are looking in in a different direction and we follow where what we look at that's the principle of vision the principle of vision is that vision leads you and so your feet can be going in a direction you think you're going but really your eyes are determining your vision is determining the direction that you go in. You become after the image of your vision. And I just want to teach this. I know we're in the Jesus podcast, but I want this to lead somewhere. This is good. This is a setup for the next few episodes where we're just going to drill down actually into the person of Jesus. But I'm trying to prepare your heart for that. And I'm trying to uh, position you in a, in a way. I'm trying to open up your life right now to realize that um, I might have been looking at the peripheral things of church and Christianity in my faith, but I want to focus. I want to look at his face and I want to hold his hand. I want to look at his face and see you become after the image of, of your vision. You become, you change, you transform into what you look like. So in a business context, ideally your business follows the predefined path that your vision sets for it. Matt, I thought this was a Jesus podcast, not a business one. Stick with me, please. Vision is vital. Vision is vital. Vision is imperative. Without a personal vision, you end up, what, this is why vision is important. You inherit the vision of the loudest voice in your life. And sometimes that voice isn't a person. Often that vision is a need or an emotion, or an event that influences you in such a way that it becomes your vision. The vision, one of the, one of the most powerful visions on the planet at the moment, I want to call the vision of conformity. It's the vision of public consensus. It's not the vision of, of theology. It's not the vision of Jesus. It's not the vision even that, that the church and your pastors and leaders and those uh, that are over, you know, that are over your life are trying to teach you and speak into your world. It's the vision of public consensus. It's the vision that says, well, well, maybe that belief actually is okay right now. It's the vision of the loudest voice. This is why Jesus tells the story, and I believe it with all my heart. This is why Jesus tells the story where he, he is challenging the disciples. He's challenging the disciples. I know in Matthew chapter 16, it's in, in uh, Mark as well, Matthew chapter 16, 13 to 20, where he, he basically says, um, who do people say that I am? And people say that he is, you know, some say that you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the other prophets. 
and then Jesus breaks it down. He says, but who do you say that I am? I know that there's a vision that I want to call the vision of conformity, the vision of public consensus, and that's all good. But who do you say that I am? Jesus always takes it from the corporate and the the community and from the bigger picture, from the macro. And Jesus always takes it down from the who do, who do men say that I am, who do people say that I am to this whole personal thing. Like I'm in your lounge suite speaking to you right now. I'm at your door. I'm in your life right now saying, who do you say that I am? Not who does people say that I am. Hey, disciple, it's important for you to know who you believe who I am. Who do you say I am? Not who do others say I am. And one of the greatest challenges in our life at this moment is to answer that very personal pointed question. And I believe that Jesus is asking you what right now, who do you say I am? Do you say just what everyone else says? Or do you have a personal vision of who Jesus is? Friend, we've got to resist the urge to go with public opinion. And we've got to stay strong in our faith in this time. We've got to stay strong and we've got to be committed to being a people that that uh, are taking our vision and taking our leadership and how we live our life, how we lead our families, how we lead our businesses, how we are leaders in our community by who Jesus, who we believe Jesus is, and we get that out of God's Word. We've got to have a personal vision. We've got to have a personal vision. This is why vision is imperative. This is why vision is vital. This is why you've got to be responsible for how you see the world right now. You've got to invite Holy Spirit to reposition the way that you see things. This is why, man, one of my prayers all the time is, Lord, would you release the spirit of wisdom and revelation? And the reason why I pray that prayer is because, Lord, I need your wisdom and I need you to reveal to me who Jesus is. Because I acknowledge that the pull of the vision of the world is extremely strong. And so I need you. I need you to change me. I need to be living out your vision, not living out my vision, my hurts vision, my experiences vision, the world's vision. Come on, can we go a little bit, bit deeper? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Apostle Paul now, now teaching the church in Rome. He says this, he says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know this scripture, I know, but do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed. Paul is trying to say that we need to discern what the patterns of this world are. We need to discern what the patterns of this world are. We And we do not do that by focusing on what the world does or how it does it. We do it rather by asking the Spirit to reveal to us the patterns of the kingdom. We don't, uh, this whole idea of a new wineskin isn't this idea of looking at what exists and doing the opposite just because it's in, in an old way of doing things. No, not at all. In fact, this is evidenced by Jesus, what he did. He said, I, I haven't come to, to 
uh, get rid of the law. I'm actually the fulfillment of the law. If you look at the New Testament church, the, even the pattern of their lifestyle in the book of Acts, Jesus didn't undo all of their tradition. He gave a greater sense of meaning to their, to their gathering for prayer, for their gathering in homes. He just gave it a new purpose. See, friend, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, the, the way forward isn't by looking at what the world does and saying we've got to do the opposite. The, the, the way that we've got to do it is we've got to come before Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit to release a spirit of wisdom and revelation to reveal to us the patterns of the kingdom of God. Why? Because there's a way that the world does vision and there's a way that God does vision. And we've got to know the difference in order for us to please Jesus. Did you hear that? There's a way the world does vision and there's a way that we're to do vision in the sense of the kingdom. The world, the way the world does it, in my opinion, is one of the greatest curses to the church. Why? Because we use the pattern we use, we use patterns. We use things of the world to somehow try to appease, attract, and entertain the world into Christianity. But there's a way that God does it that doesn't look like the world's. And this is why we, re we need to renew our mind to think heaven's way. Pastor, can I challenge you for a moment? When, when you look at what you do in your Sunday service, when you look at how you structure church, how you disciple, how you pastor, how you lead your spiritual community, the things that you're doing, are you, do, are you doing those things out of revelation or are you doing those things just because that's what the last 50 years of church have looked like? It's a challenging question. Take it from me. I've been a Pentecostal pastor for nearly 20 years now. And one of the greatest challenges for me in this season is letting go and giving myself permission to, to yield to this new to the to, to the new vision that God's putting in our in my spirit to lead our community. Friend, what are some of the things in your life that may need undoing? Of course, there's a way that the world does it, but friend, we've got to be these people. We've got to be these people that resist to do it just that way. And we've got to say, God, would you show us, would you show us how you want this to be done forward? See, the reason why this is an issue is because we end up reliving 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, where we have a form of godliness, but, we, but denying God's power. We have a form of godliness, but we deny God's power. Why? Because we're still doing things the world's way, but trying to do it for God. This is important. And friend, this is why I need you to understand this, that patterns equal power. Patterns equal power. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Why? Because there's a pattern of God's kingdom that he wants to release, not just in you, but he wants to release it through you. We do not do things the way the world does them. Our goals are not the same. Our success is not defined the same way. Neither is failure. We are not, we are not the same. We are citizens of heaven. 
See, we're not trying to be these people that are measuring our success based upon, uh, based upon, uh, uh, well, you know, numbers and and based upon attendance. And why? Because success is defined some somehow by how many people we can get in a room. No, friend, you've got to ask the Lord to renew the way you think about what a win is in the context of the kingdom. You know, one of the beautiful journeys that we're on uh, with our worship team at the moment is we're challenging um, the worship team to, to really ask that question, well, why do we do what we do? Because we've kind of somehow fallen into this paradigm of thinking that the worship team's responsibility is primarily to make sure people are engaged. And I'm challenging our worship team to, to come back to the core of who they are as worshipers and be less concerned about engaging people and be more concerned about engaging Jesus. Be less concerned about romancing people and be more concerned about romancing Jesus. Being less concerned with whether every hand is raised and be more concerned with is your worship pleasing to him. And it's, it's, it's challenging and it's trying for us that have been so exposed to this idea of determining success around whether uh, how many people are jumping at the right times in the right moments of the right songs. And, and how many people are standing in our preaching or amening in our preaching or whatever your metric is for success. How many followers and how many likes and how many clicks and how many all those sorts of things. No, friend, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the, what is the vision? What do, you, what do you want us to be looking at? What is a win? And friend, so for our worship team, our, our win is our worship of Jesus. We don't do things the way the world does. Pastor, you're not called to be a CEO. Apostolic leader, you're not a CEO. You are, you are a spiritual leader. And therefore, the way that you lead your church community, your church organization, it's going to look differently. Can I say the same thing? A business person, entrepreneur, you're going to lead differently. You're going to have different goals. You're going to do different things. Why? Because you're called and your, your rule book doesn't come from the earth looking at how other businesses are doing things. It comes as a citizen of heaven, as a son of God. You're going to live orientated by Jesus's way not by the ways of the world. And so this is a call. This is a, this is, I'm casting out this idea for you to say, yeah, well, does my, does my business, does my life, does my Christianity, does my church, does my mind, does my thinking, does my vision look more like the way the world does it or does it look like what Jesus wants it to be? And this is the principle of vision is that we transform is that we transform our reality into it. Into what? Into the vision that we look at. The Bible teaches us this in Genesis chapter 30. Can you give me a few more minutes? The Bible teaches us this in Genesis chapter 30. And it's in the story of Jacob and Laman. Laban. Laman. <laughs> Jacob and Laban. And if you don't know the story, Jacob is working for Laban and uh, Jacob is doing it 
He's been hard done by. He's doing it to win uh, Laban's daughter. And long story short, he's out there just as as a shepherd uh, rearing the goats and the sheep. And he comes up with this idea that he says, hey, Laban, you're successful simply because of what God's put in my life. And so um, I want to leave. But when I leave, um, I, I, I want to I cut this deal with you that all the speckled, um, all the spotted and all the striped um, uh, sheep that I, and goats I, I get to keep. And Laban's probably thinking, sweet, there aren't many of them. That's all cool. Let's go and let's enter enter into this agreement. Remember, we're talking about vision here, and we're talking about the idea that we transform into what we're looking at. Okay, and so so he, here's the whole thought, and 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 I appreciate you sticking with me. I know this is more like a sermon today, uh, but we're coming. We're going to crescendo with Jesus in just one moment. Remember, I'm preparing your heart. So Jacob goes on this idea of of speckle, spotted, and striped. And so what he does, he goes and gets branches. He goes and gets uh, almond branches and all these different things. And he puts them near the feeding troughs. And as the, um, as the, as the, as the branches, he puts them all up there and the branches are speckled. The branches and what he puts up there are spotted and they're striped. And he puts them in the feeding troughs. And, uh, and as I was reading into this, there's some idea that that was a place for where where the um, the, the sheep's would essentially mate and breed. And as a result, what happens is what you look at, you become like, and you also re- reproduce what you look at. And that is the principle of vision. And so, as a result, Jacob, because the, he put a vision before the 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 sheep. Uh, before the cattle, before the herd, they reproduced after what they looked like. They transformed into what they looked like. And so what he took from Laban at the end was so, so crazy. Uh, it was so much. There were so many. You couldn't even count. It was amazing. And why? Because that's the principle of vision. And friend, as we circle back to the scripture that we started at today, we come back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we come back to that, that, that verse and it says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Are you seeing it? Into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Come on, man, I feel the anointing of heaven but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror. What are we looking at? We are looking at the glory of the Lord. And as a result, Paul is trying to teach us, we are being transformed into the same image. This is so powerful. We're being transformed into the same image. That word transform is the word where we get the English word metamorphosis. We're literally being transformed. There's a metamorphosis taking place. Remember that Greek word, beholding as in a mirror? Katop trizomai, to contemplate, to gaze, to stare, as in a mirror. 
Friend, I want to say it like this, that, that whole idea of contemplation, to gaze, to stare. It's not look talking about just attending a Sunday service and leaving. It requires time. It requires effort. It requires your discipline. It's not a one-time thing. And I believe, and this is where I want to go, is we seek around this whole idea of, of we need to change this a New Year's resolution. Friend, I want to say that you don't need a New Year's resolution. What you actually need is a New Year's revelation. You don't need a New Year's resolution. You haven't got enough power within you to change by yourself anyway. That's why you keep circling back to the same thing because you can't break the pattern. But friend, King Jesus can. Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, He can. That's why you don't need a New Year's resolution. You don't need a new you don't need a new vision in the way that the world speaks about it. You need a new vision in the way that God's word speaks about it. Your vision is not a place that you're going to arrive at one time. It's not a thing that you're going to acquire at some moment. Your vision is not a place or a thing. God is inviting you into a new intimacy with him where your vision is him. You need a new year's revelation. You need to stare at him. You need to gaze at him. You need to look at him as in a mirror. And I want to declare and I want to invite you and I want to I want to challenge you. Let 2021 be a year of staring at Jesus. Let this church, let our Sunday services, let every moment we gather with other believers be environments that we simply behold him where we just look at him. That the Holy Spirit reveals the glory of Jesus to us. Let us be convicted if we are looking at anything else but Him. It's Him and it's Him alone. Nothing but Jesus. We would be transformed, friend. We are transformed into what we look at. And this is if you struggle with identity and fear and you struggle with value and you struggle with love and self-acceptance and when you look into a mirror, you see someone that you don't want to be and you see someone that's unloved and unvalued. My prayer today, and this is what Paul's trying to teach us, and man, I feel Jesus' words just saying to you today, look, when you look into a mirror, don't see yourself, see me beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image. Stop looking to find yourself. Start looking to find Jesus. Friend, the reason maybe why you keep circling in that spiral of downward thinking and depression, the reason maybe, maybe the reason it's because you're looking at the wrong things. And as I said, this podcast is just committed to talking about Jesus, but I'm trying to help you position your heart to be someone that looks to Him. Man, I'm just sitting in a room right now recording this, but I really do feel, I 
really do feel the power of Jesus. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that you'd get a New Year's revelation. I want to pray that you would see him in a new way. I want to pray that the power of God would touch you. I want to pray that your eyes would look at nothing but him. Father, we come before you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Like that old hymn said, Be thou my vision. Be thou my vision. Father, that is our prayer, that you would be our vision. We've looked to so many things in the world. Lord, today, would you change us as we look to you? Lord, we focus on your holiness and we focus on your beauty and we focus on your power and we thank you for your anointing and we thank you for your spirit. And we thank you, Father, where you are, there is freedom and there is liberty. And so we honor you today. And we ask for your glory. The glory of Jesus to be released in your church again. Lord, I am asking for revival. I'm asking for a move of God in our streets. I'm asking for the spirit of Jesus to be made manifest in our hospitals, in our shopping centers, in high schools primary schools, in universities, in businesses, Father, in homes, Father. But Lord, right now I'm, I'm, I'm asking that you would light fires in the hearts of individuals. Lord, as you raise up a Jesus movement, I'm asking today, would you do it? I'm asking today, would you do something deep inside of us? Change us as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. I'm I'm really honored. I'm thankful. I'm super, super thankful that you would get here and listen to this. In the next couple of episodes, we're going to be just doing a uh, kind of going into a little bit more teaching style about the person of Jesus, different attributes of who he was, you know, the son of man, the good shepherd, the the healer, the all those sorts of things. And um, we're going to drill down, just get a little bit more into the, the theology um, of, of, of exploring who Jesus is. So come with us on this ride. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Like this podcast if you like it. Um, if you don't, that's all good. Um, it just helps us, helps people find out what we're doing and spread the message of who Jesus is. So I'd love for you to do that. You can also head to our website, if you like, empowerchurch.co. There's more details there um, and a few other resources that are free that you can just avail yourself to, uh, primarily our Sunday service podcast or or just search in the search bar on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube for Empower Church should come up and uh, it'd be cool. But hey, thanks so much. I'm praying that you do have a New Year's revelation and you see Jesus in a new way. God bless you. See you in the next episode. It's going to be amazing. We love you. We believe in God's best for you. Peace out.